Chapter Twenty Five of A King in Babylon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellen Preckle. A King in Babylon by Burton Egbert Stevenson. Chapter Twenty Five. Creel had us at work at dawn next morning, and we kept hard at it all day, save for the noon siesta. But there were no such sensational incidents as there had been the day before. Jimmy and the princess were both effective, but there was no merging of the imaginary and the real, no loss of control. It was just good acting, and both of them seemed to be their natural selves. The girl had apparently forgotten all that had happened the day before, though she had still that bruise on her cheek. I could see how carefully she had painted it out, and must have wondered how it came there, and chatted with all of us impartially and more brightly than had been her habit since the journey into the desert started while if jimmy still believed himself to be the reincarnation of sekanyan ray he certainly gave no sign of it and we all breathed more freely and did our best to wipe certain disquieting incidents from our memories and were even a little hilarious in our reaction from the nervous tension of the previous night in a word we were just the average motion-picture company doing our work as well as we could and having the best possible time on the side during an interval when creel was getting a scene ready i walked over to molly "'Things look different by daylight,' I remarked. "'Excursions through dreamland and such like.' She looked up at me scornfully. "'You've got a mighty short memory, Billy Williams,' she said. "'I can't make up my mind how much of it is memory and how much imagination,' I retorted. "'The more I think of it, the more I am convinced that it was all imagination. "'We didn't really see anything.' "'Didn't we?' she sniffed. "'Or if we did, it was only a drifting shadow. "'We were all worked up, you know. "'You may have been. I wasn't.' "'Molly,' I said, "'you don't really believe—' I didn't finish the sentence. It seemed too absurd to express in words, but she understood. "'Yes, I do,' she retorted. "'I believe just that.' "'Well,' I said, "'whatever it was, it came at a most unpropitious moment. May I see you again to-night, Molly?' "'No,' she said. "'I've had enough of ghost-hunting.' "'I wasn't thinking about ghost-hunting,' I began, but just then Creel shouted that he was ready, and I had to leave it at that. We did the slave market, and the way Mamselle Roland blazed back contempt and defiance when the king strolled back and looked at her appraisingly was beautiful to see. Creel had found it impossible to work out Jimmy's idea with the means at his disposal and had reverted to his own. She was also superb when the eunuchs dragged her into the king's presence, and he looked her over brutally and waved her away to the harem. The scenes that followed, where her hate changed gradually to a consuming passion, were also consummately done. "'Of course,' said Creel, as these progressed, "'we ought to have a palace to do these in, "'but I'm afraid to wait till we get home. "'So we will do the best we can out here, "'and then, if we do get home, "'we'll make retakes of some of them.' "'Why shouldn't we get home?' I asked, "'but he only shook his head. "'He did wonderfully well, I thought. "'He had the tent, of course, "'and one beautiful spot near the pool "'served as a corner of the palace gardens, "'and another spot with a lovely clump of palms "'in the background served as another corner. "'Always the white-clad eunuchs were on guard,' and Ma Creel and Molly were in attendance. Molly, the former favorite whom the new one had supplanted, and who was plotting revenge with the prime minister, Digby. We did the slavers attack, using the native camp this time, and then we did some caravan stuff, the slavers making off across the desert with their booty, and by that time there wasn't light for anything more, even had we been able to attempt it. We were all dead tired, but Creel was triumphant. Another day like this, he said to me, as we were washing up, and I don't care what happens. "'It doesn't look as if anything were going to happen,' I pointed out. "'Everything is normal again.' "'Too damn normal,' Creel growled. "'Today's scenes didn't have the snap that yesterday's had.' "'No,' I agreed. "'Nobody spit in anybody's face, nobody bit anybody, "'nor tried to scratch anybody's eyes out.' 
Maybe we'll have better luck tomorrow, said Creel hopefully. Better luck, I stared. It is that sort of stuff which makes a picture, Billy, said Creel. You know that as well as I do. I'd have no objection to getting bit or scratched if it helped to make a good picture. I'd welcome it. Any good actor would. I wish I had more actresses who bit and scratched, and raised cane generally when the action called for it. Hello, what's this? There was the tramp of feet outside, and then the curtain flap was thrust back, and Davis appeared, very dirty and evidently very tired, but with shining eyes, and close behind him toiled six natives, carrying the gilded coffin of Sekenyan Ray, while two others brought up the rear, lugging the wooden chest. "'Good Lord!' protested Creel. "'You're not going to bring those things in here.' "'I am, though,' said Davis cheerfully. "'I want them where I can keep my eye on them, the coffin especially. It's too precious to take any chances with.' but there's scarcely room to turn around as it is. I'm going to put it on my cot, said Davis. It won't be in the way there, at least not in anybody's way but mine, and I can sleep on the ground beside it. There's room in that corner for the chest. Devotion to duty always silenced Creel, and he stood aside now without another word while the natives squeezed past and deposited the mummy case on the professor's cot and the canopic chest in the corner he had indicated. That's all, he said, and waved them away and then he got out his electric torch and began to examine the hieroglyphs with which the sides of the coffin were covered, quite forgetful of the fact that he was streaked with dirt and that dinner was waiting. He was fairly smacking his lips with joy. Creel's face softened as he looked at him. He understood the artist's enthusiasm. "'Come and get washed up,' he said. "'Those pothooks can wait. Dinner is ready, and you look fagged out.' "'I am,' Davis admitted, and snapped off his torch. "'Getting that wall down was a harder job than I expected. It was like adamant.' talk about roman work it isn't in the same class with the early egyptian and the tomb was like an oven let me have your torch said creel and while davis washed his hands and face and brushed the dust out of his hair we took another look at the coffin for the first time we appreciated its full beauty the face isn't in the least like jimmy's said creel as the light came to rest on the staring eyes i wonder how it ever affected us like that i was squinting down at it and i wasn't so sure perhaps it was the way we were looking at it i suggested even now it looks somehow as though it might change to Jimmy's at any instant. Creel was squinting, too, with his eyes curiously puckered, and after a moment he nodded without speaking. Then he ran the light around the edge of the lid. Have you opened it? he asked Davis. I lifted the lid and looked inside to be sure everything was all right. And was it? Oh, yes, the mummy is there, beautifully wrapped. I'll try not to unwrap it till I get home to the museum. It's too delicate a job. Then you're done out here? There is still the rear wall of the tomb to open. I'll do that tomorrow. Oh, said Creel slowly. So you have quite made up your mind to open that wall, too. Certainly. I thought that was understood. I was wondering if I might have Mustafa. What do you want with Mustafa? Fact is, said Davis, if I can't get Mustafa to help, I will have to do the job myself. I tried to set the natives at it this afternoon, and they refused. Refused, point blank. I couldn't budge them. What was the matter? some ignorant superstition. Perhaps they know the meaning of that sign. It is wonderful how those old superstitions persist sometimes. Anyway, I couldn't get them near that wall. But Mustafa is a native, Creel objected. He is a copt. It isn't exactly the same thing. He doesn't believe in signs, at least not in old heathen ones. I think he reasons that a heathen sign couldn't have any potency against a Christian. Anyway, he's willing to take the risk. For a consideration, I suppose. Exactly. May I have him? "'I'll see,' said Creel somewhat grudgingly, and handed back the torch. "'You can have him part of the day, I guess. "'Thanks. It won't be any great job to make a hole in that wall big enough to squeeze through. "'That's all I want. "'I don't suppose there's any use trying to dissuade you?' 
"'Not a bit,' said Davis briskly. "'It's all in a day's work, you know. "'I wouldn't be playing the game if I didn't open it.' "'I understand,' Creel nodded. "'But there is one thing. "'I wish you wouldn't say anything about it. "'My people have quieted down. "'I have a feeling that if they knew about this, it would upset them.' "'All right,' Davis agreed. "'And with that we went out and joined the others at the table.' "'What were you men gassing about so long in there?' Ma Creel demanded. "'Davis has brought over his great find,' Creel explained. "'The coffin of Sekhenyen Ray, erstwhile king of Upper and Lower Egypt, "'with the gentleman inside, at least part of him. "'There is also a small box, which I understand contains his innards.' "'But look here,' objected Ma Creel. "'I don't fancy sleeping so near the thing. I abhor corpses.' "'My dear madam,' said Davis, "'this corpse has been dead four thousand years, "'and I don't see how it could possibly harm anyone.' "'I don't see what that has to do with it,' retorted Ma Creel. "'It isn't any deader after four thousand years than it was the first day.' "'But this is quite a consecrated mummy, Mary,' said Creel. "'It is going to prove that the Bible is true.' Ma Creel sniffed. "'As if I needed a mummy to prove that. "'I don't think you ought to joke about such things, Warry.' "'I wasn't joking,' Creel protested. "'I was merely repeating what the professor told me.' "'It is true, madam,' said Davis. "'I hope to find, in the hieroglyphs on that coffin, "'perhaps also in papyrus documents inside the wrappings, "'proof of the sojourn of the children of Israel in the land of Egypt.' "'We were all silent for a while after that. "'I suppose we were all a little awed. "'I know I was. "'The thought was rather overpowering. "'I glanced at Jimmy and Mademoiselle Roland, "'where they sat opposite each other at the far end of the table, "'to see how they took it. "'But they seemed quite unaffected. "'They had taken no part in the conversation.' They had gone on with the meal as though they had not heard it. Now, as I looked at them, they gave me the vivid impression of talking together. They did not so much as glance at each other, but somehow I was sure they were in communication, close, confidential communication, as though their spirits were talking without need of words. And I saw again those two shadowy shapes crossing the desert hand in hand. "'Wake up, Billy,' said Creel's voice, and he gave me a startling slap on the shoulder. "'Come along!' "'Along where?' I asked, and looked around, to find the others were already on their feet. "'Davis is going to show the ladies his great find. Are you coming, Jimmy?' Jimmy looked across at Mademoiselle Roland, a little smile twitching the corners of his lips. "'Shall we go?' he asked, and there was an undercurrent of challenge in the words. "'I certainly intend to go,' she answered, rising. Somehow I found Molly's hand snuggled close in mine. "'I'm frightened,' she breathed as she pressed against me. "'Then don't go,' I said. "'Yes, yes, I want to see it.' I want to see. She stopped and drew away, but I knew what she meant. She wanted to see if that painted face really looked like Jimmy Allen. Creel had taken the lamp from the table. Davis had produced his flashlight. The rest of us crowded into the tent after them. I should explain, perhaps, that our tent was not divided by canvas curtains as the women's was. It was quite open with our five cots set side by side, with just room for a small folding chair and a bag for our personal belongings in between. Davis's was nearest the entrance, then came Jimmy's, then mine, then Creel's, then Digby's. It was on Davis's cot the coffin had been placed, and we were right on it as soon as we were inside the tent. Oh, oh, cried Ma Creel, it is gorgeous. And then we stood looking down at it, while Davis pointed out the royal cartouche, and explained the meaning of some of the symbols with which it was covered. Molly had pressed up closer, still holding my hand, and stood staring down at the painted face. Well, I whispered. She shook her head slightly, and I saw her screwing up her eyes, and then she gave a sudden gasp of horror, and I knew that the face had changed. "'Come away,' I whispered, but again she shook her head and stood as though fascinated. I looked around at the others, Davis intent and eager, Creel deeply interested, evolving another feature perhaps, Digby and Ma Creel with furrowed brows, trying to understand. 
jimmy listening with that little ironic smile as though he knew far more about it than davis but found it not worth while to say so or to correct his mistakes mamselle roland close beside him clutching his arm with a revealing intimacy her face very white her lips working jimmy turned and looked down at her don't you think it's a good likeness he whispered i saw her close her eyes and sway forward look out i cried and the next instant before i could so much as move she crashed heavily forward across the coffin End of chapter 25